You might not be engaged in certain sinful behaviors, but do you approve of them by the things you watch, listen to, or even tell others? Here's Pastor Ed Taylor to have us think that through. Things that you and I would never think of doing personally. But it's interesting that through TV and movies and things, Christians are taking pleasure in those that do them and those that participate in them. Oh, no, I would never do that. But then through our lifestyle, it's easy for us to approve of them. And so not only do we do them, but we take pleasure in them. And you recognize that it really is a time where God is exposing our hearts here. That it's not just a matter of changing our mind, but we need to give God our lives. That's what he desires. He wants all of our lives. And he wants purity in his church. This is amazing grace. Romans chapter 1 deals with some serious sins. But before you start to think you're off the hook because you haven't committed these particular sins, consider this. God is not only concerned about what we do and say, but also what we place our stamp of approval on. Maybe you shake your head in disgust when you hear of someone cussing up a storm or find out a friend of yours is sleeping around. But yet you listen to music that's full of profanity or you watch a show on TV that contains nudity. Today on Abounding Grace, Pastor Ed Taylor urges us to be careful and prayerful where we place our stamp of approval. Let's take a close look in the mirror as we open Romans chapter 1. The people described in chapter 1 here, beginning in verse 28, have lived, they've sold out to the world. And because they sold out to the world, they're just, hey, they are so far away from God. They, they have completely rejected God in their lives. And we read through the list, don't we? Verse 28. They didn't like to retain God in their knowledge. God gave them over to a debased mind, being filled, verse 29, with all unrighteousness. And you start looking at this section. I was, I was praying through this section, meditating on this section, and I came to the conclusion, I kind of felt like Paul was setting us up here. Because as we're looking at chapter 1, he's talking about unbelievers, talking about those that are, that are far from God, and you come to this list, and, and it's almost like Paul's setting us up. Like getting us ready for something. He's like, wow, you know, listen to all these sins. And, and we could easily read this list like this, couldn't we? Being filled with all unrighteousness or sexual immorality. And you go, well, I don't have any sexual immorality in my life. Wickedness. I'm not a very wicked person. Covetousness. Maliciousness. Full of envy. Well, I only have envy sometimes. Murder. I'm not a murderer. Strife. I don't fight very much anymore. Deceit. I don't do that. Evil-mindedness. Well, sometimes. Whispers. You know, I'm not a backbiter all the time. I'm not a hater of God. I'm not too violent. I'm, I'm sort of proud sometimes, but then God busts me. I'm a, I'm a boaster. I don't invent evil things. And we could read through this and go, man, I'm glad this doesn't describe me. Man, I mean, this isn't my life. You know, I'm a believer now. I live for the things of Jesus Christ. I don't have, undis I'm not undiscerning. I'm not untrustworthy. I'm not, and on and on that list would go. And it would be very easy to end this chapter just thinking, you know, I'm a pretty good person. <laughs> Compared to this guy, I'm a pretty good person. And it could leave us in a place where we're very self-righteous. So, you know, we compare our lives with all of these things. And, you know, I know they happen episodically in my life, but my life's not filled with them. My life isn't overcome by them. 
And yet, if we were to leave that way, we'd really miss the emphasis I think Paul's trying to make here because we still have verse 32 to deal with. We have all these behaviors listed. We can include last week's on homosexuality and sexual sin. And we still have to deal with this last part of verse 32 where it says, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. And Paul's saying something very powerful here. He's saying that approval means something. That when we place our stamp of approval on something, we're associating with it. We're extending ourselves with it. And for those of us that would say, oh, I would never murder anyone, or I would never invent something evil, Pastor Ed, I wouldn't boast, and I don't envy, and God's dealt with my backbiting, and here I am just living for the Lord. Paul would then ask, but do you approve of these type of behaviors? Do you approve of them? Do you give a hearty endorsement of these behaviors? Do you recommend these types of things to others? Do you find in your life that they receive your stamp of approval? And before we answer no, listen guys, listen carefully. Although we may not be involved in this gross sin personally, there are times when we can be. And you go, well, how's that possible? Well, there are a lot of ways. But let's just take it in the context of the society in which we live. We live in a media-saturated society. We have things at our disposal now in relation to movies and television and the internet and things that, that no other generation has seen ever before. And so how is it possible we might approve of these kind of behaviors? Well, we could approve of them by the novels that we read. We could approve of them by the TV shows that we watch. We could approve of them with movies that we go to or video games that we play. I mean, just think of the access to this kind of junk that comes in and the potential to come in on the World Wide Web. And we could look at our surfing habits and see whether they're sinful habits. We could watch them. We could cheer them. We could applaud them right into our very personal lives, right into the private sectors of our hearts comes all this junk. Sinful habits, sinful lifestyles, sinful fantasies, all of it. Think of your heart as a treasure box. Prior to knowing Jesus Christ, you filled your heart, I filled my heart with junk. There wasn't much treasure in my heart. It was all junk of this world. So that what Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, our lives reflect what's in our hearts. Eventually, if your heart is wrong with God, it will come out. Now, it may not come out today. It may take a month. It may take a year. But it will come out unless the sin that's in our lives is repented from. But when you were born again, God, he does a wonderful work of cleansing. And it's almost like he takes our messed up treasure box of a heart that was a heart of stone and he gives us a heart of flesh and it's empty and it's ready. And he says, okay, be careful what you put in that treasury. Be careful what you treasure up in your heart. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, to guard your heart because out of your heart comes the issues of life. With all diligence, guard your heart. Guard your mind. How, how do things get into our hearts but by the ear gate and the eye gate? That's how things get in. What we watch and what we listen to, what we invest our time in, what we allow into our hearts. And, and Paul is saying that all of these sins could be treasured up in your heart and you don't even have to actively participate in them. All we need to do is approve of them right into our very lives. Things that you and I would never think of doing personally. But it's interesting that through TV and movies and things, Christians are taking pleasure in those that do them. And those that participate in them. Oh no, I would never do that. But then through our lifestyle, it's easy for us to approve of them. 
And so not only do we do them, but we take pleasure in them. And you recognize that it really is a time where God is exposing our hearts here. That it's not just a matter of changing our mind, but we need to give God our lives. That's what he desires. He wants all of our lives. And he wants purity in his church. He wants purity in Christians' homes because you never know when the open door is going to come to love someone into the kingdom and be available to them. And you say, well, wait, Pastor Ed, come on. I read through this list, and and I would never, ever, ever even think of murdering someone. I mean, that is so far from my mind. I'm a Christian. I love Jesus Christ. I would never murder someone. And yet, the TV show that's your favorite is filled with five or six murders every single week. And then you think, oh, that's no big deal, Pastor Ed. Let me listen. Listen. Listen to hear me out. When you fill your mind with those things, it sinks down into your heart. And you wonder, why do you have a hard night's sleep sometimes? Could it be the last thing that you washed before you went to bed? And you wonder why you're so angry with someone. That you're not willing to forgive them. And you're not willing to extend grace to them. Could it be the things that you've been feeding yourself? And why are you thinking about murder so much anymore? Why are you even, you know, you, thoughts that you never thought you'd ever have. But, but you're in a conflict with someone. And one of the thoughts that passes your it would be better if they were never on the face of the earth. Where did that come from? It didn't come from Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ died to forgive the sins of the people that are in your life. Could it be what you've been feeding yourself? Could it be what you've been extending yourself? Could it very be that what you've been approving of by your television habits or your favorite movie stars? Flip over to Matthew chapter 5. It's getting pretty quiet in here. But I appreciate the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart and your openness. Because I really believe God wants to bring purity into his church. He wants to warn some of you. He wants to encourage some of you that have made some good decisions. It's more than a list. I'm not going to give you a list. And these are the shows you can watch. These are the shows you can't watch. I want to train you to hear from the Lord. Ask Jesus Christ in your prayer time, is this good for me, Jesus? Is this really good for me? Is this really going to help my home? Is this really going to help my kids? Is this really going to feed me? Or is it going to take me away from you? So often people will come, Pastor, what do you think about this movie? And most of the time I've never even seen the movie. So I don't have an opinion on it. But why would you be looking for my opinion anyway? Seek the Lord. Ask God to give you that. Become a discerning person. You see, when you think of, I'd never be a murderer. Well, what did Jesus say? Look at verse 21 in Matthew chapter 5. He says, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in the danger of the judgment. See, murder and anger, they go together. It's not just some outward act. Murder has a lot to do with the heart, that we can murder people with our words and with our actions far beyond the physical act of murder. And he says, And whoever says to his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council, but whoever says you fool shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. See, it's a lot more than the outward action. Jesus, he's examining our hearts. Another one that might be said among Christians is, you know, Pastor Ed, I would never commit adultery ever in my life. I love my husband. I love my wife. We've been married for 25 years. There's no way in the world that I could ever foresee a time in my life where I would ever commit adultery. But you're watching these shows where adultery is the main theme. 
And that's all you're filling your mind with, with all these relationships that, ha, 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 they're funny. The enemy, isn't he so slick and so sly to get us to laugh at sin? Oh, it's no big deal. Ha, ha, ha. And they even put, you know, the, the, the way that Hollywood works, they even put laugh tracks in there. People normally wouldn't laugh at this stuff. But when they put laugh tracks in there, oh, ha, ha, ha. It's the same laugh tracks they use in Happy Days. They use the same ones for everything that get us to laugh at things that the Lord says, no, don't go there. You're watching shows where teenagers are shown in high school and they're jumping from boy to boy and girl to girl and shacking up and you're beginning to think, oh, this is a great environment. Oh, great show. I wish I could live in that show. But you realize, don't you? TV is not real life. And real life is not TV. I know that's a real simple statement, but it's true. It's not real. That's not how the world operates. Now, of course, sin is in this world, and all sorts of junk is in this world. I mean, you're watching shows that have college kids, and, oh, I wish I could live in that, I could go to that college, and I can hang out with those people, but they're actors and actresses. And they show all the fornication that goes on and all the adultery, but, you know, they don't show the pain. They don't show the sorrow. They don't show the destroyed lives. You know, from time to time as a church, on Thursday nights, we have testimony nights. Some of the most wonderful, most fun times in our church to have people come up and just share what the Lord has done in their life. It is so cool. And I'll sit there and I'll just, yeah, amen, Lord. You've saved another marriage. You've brought these kids back from being a prodigal. You've saved a guy from the pit. But, you know, unfortunately, for a lot of the testimonies, you don't hear of how it was six months ago or nine months ago when we were walking through together, when they first walked into my office or they first walked into the church and they came in with all of this stuff going on. They were so hurt and so full of bitterness and so angry and they were facing a prison sentence and they were over... I mean, you don't hear any of those things, but they exist, guys. Why? Because sin destroys all the time. And Paul's saying, look, it doesn't have to be actively involved in your life. You can be feeding your mind so to the point where you would never think of adultery, but now you're thinking about it because that's all you've been putting in your mind. That's how that works. So you would never, ever in your mind think about it, but you've let your guard down in an area and the music you might be listening to or the show. I mean, TV, TV is just way out there. I don't watch a whole lot of TV. And, and what I do, it's usually reruns and maybe a sports here and there. But, but I see commercials and, and things have gotten so bad that, that I saw a commercial. I haven't seen the show yet, but I saw a commercial about a show entitled Sex in the City. Now, I wonder what that's all about. <laughs> I'm sure I know what it's about. I've never seen it. Sex in a city. And I'm sure they glamorize it. I'm sure they make it look fun. I'm sure it's all fun. And, and oh, it's so beautiful. Sex in the city. Sex in the city. Outside of marriage, it's sin. And why are we watching that kind of stuff? Why are we investing in it? Why are we giving our time? And it begins to take root in your heart and in your mind. And then over time, your Christian mind becomes so twisted just like that frog, just one degree, one degree, but it adds up. And you get to the place where now in your mind, you're like, I wonder what it would be like. Like, why would we be thinking that at all? But I wonder, I wonder if it'd be like this. And I, 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 I don't know. And, and now the enemy has deceived us and pulled us down. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 27, Jesus tells us about adultery. It's a heart issue. Listen, Matthew chapter 5, verse 27. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Okay, gals, that's for you too. It's not just for the guys looking at gals. It's also for the gals looking at guys. 
Whether it's on TV, or it's on a screen, or it's on a poster, it doesn't matter. When you look at someone and you have lust for them, you're committing adultery in the heart, and you're setting yourself up for even greater pain unless we repent and we change. Listen, as your pastor, as a fellow believer, just as a friend, I need to tell you this kind of stuff. You need to understand that this world is not your friend. This world system isn't out to help you become a better Christian. You know, Satan, he is totally cool with you being in here today as long as you don't listen. He doesn't mind if you have a Bible. You could get the biggest Bible where you need a wheelbarrow to carry it around. He doesn't care as long as you don't reuse it and obey it. Well, if you want to throw a few prayers up to God, that's great. If you want to do a couple repetitive prayers, but don't let your heart become connected with God. And so say he'll let you come to church. This world isn't really interested in, in you going to church because if you live for the world all week and you give an hour or so to church or to Jesus Christ during the week, the world can win. That's why Christianity is more than our times here. It's a lifestyle that we give all of our life to him and we listen carefully. I, I'm so thankful in my life. I'm so thankful that in my life, God has given me kids and he gave Marie and I children at a very young age. And when we became Christians, Marie and I began to make decisions, not just for us, but for our kids. So that, let's say we were going to make a decision on what to watch. One of the things that we would ask is, you know, can our kids watch it? Oh, no, I don't think our kids can watch it. Then what are we watching it for? And we had to ask ourselves that question. And, you know, if, what, what if Caitlin gets up in the middle of the night and here we are watching the show and, you know, we can handle it. It's not necessarily sinful, but it's really not edifying. And, you know, we can handle it. But then Caitlin gets up and she sits up at the top of the stairs and sees it from her room. And there we are responsible for sowing things into her heart, into her mind. And we have just made decisions not just for us, but also for our kids. And, and that's, how we've, that's how we lived our life. You know, for Marie and I, we have decided long ago that it would be required in us to make great sacrifices in order to be used greatly by the Lord. And so we have purposely avoided things in our life and in our family so that we might be greater witnesses to the people that God brings in our life. The calling of a pastor, just even before I was a pastor, knowing that, hey, I want to be able to have a life that backs up what I say. And if it doesn't, I want to be quick to repent. You know, we all, those of us that have kids, there comes a point when you're disciplining your kids and they're going to cop an attitude, right? Oh, come on, Dad. Come on, Dad. You can't tell me to do that because when you were 18, look what you did. Here's the problem with that. Hey, when I was 18, son, I was an idiot. So don't follow me because of what I did when I was 18. You know, follow me because of what I'm doing right now. But here's the problem. As a Christian, we can so emphasize our spiritual liberty that we're making bad decisions right now so that when we come to, to emphasize something with our child, with our son or our daughter, and they say, well, hey, look what you did at 18. We could say, well, I wasn't walking with the Lord when I was 18, son. You need to make a good decision. And then we say, well, wait a minute, Dad. You just did it last week. So what are you going to answer to that? I don't want to have that. I got so many things going on in my life in relation to my stumblings and my faults and my hypocrisy. I don't want to do it on purpose. You know, I don't want to give my son or my daughter ammunition that I'll lose them forever because I've chosen to use my liberty and I have a standard for them and I have a standard for me. I want a standard across the board. And if that means I have to sacrifice things in my life for the sake of my kids' faith and your faith, so be it. And we made that decision long ago. You know, think about it just in this context of you. Let's say that after service tonight, you guys end up going to Chili's with your family and you have kids. 
And you come in and you're, you're walking, you're just so excited. The Lord spoken to you. You're just, you're excited about growing in the things of the Lord. And you walk into Chili's and then over to the right of your eye, Ed and Marie are pounding down shots. You know, we're trying to race each other. Come on, honey, do another one. Now, we're not drunk, you know, we're not drunk, but we're, you know, we're, we were pounding down shots. And your poor little son says, daddy, 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 what's Pastor Ed doing? Oh, he just pounded a few shots, son. No big deal. No, it is a big deal, isn't it? It is a big deal. Think about, think about, think about what I could do to your family if I decided that I didn't love your family and I didn't love you and I copped an attitude to you. I'm sick and tired of sacrificing for this church. Would you lay off of me? And none of you are even laying on me. It's the Holy Spirit saying, you know what, Ed? If you want to have a powerful ministry, you're going to have to listen to me more than you listen to them. You're going to have to sacrifice a few things. You're going to have to limit your liberties so that children aren't stumbled, so that adults aren't stumbled, so that new people aren't stumbled, so that there's not a hint of hypocrisy in your life, Ed. And when there is a hint of your hypocrisy in your life, Ed, be quick to repent. Be quick. Don't make excuses for it. Don't pretend it doesn't exist. But, but just, just say, hey, you know what? I was in the flesh and I need to ask you forgiveness. That's all it was. And say, so when you associate with things, you say, this is what Jesus would associate with. That's what carrying the name Christian means. So that we want to be very careful of what you watch. You want to be careful what you endorse. When people ask your opinion, you know, don't give them your opinion. Give them what the Word of God says. That is Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace, and we've been in Romans chapter 1. You can hear it again online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Pastor Ed, in today's message, you encouraged our listeners to be prayerful and careful where they place their stamp of approval. And you pointed out how that relates to the movies or TV shows we choose to watch. As you know, it's becoming more of a challenge these days, as it seems you can't watch a ball game without some distasteful advertisement being flashed on the screen. Have you found any helpful filters or safeguards that may be of some help to our listeners? Larry, when we talk about being prayerful and careful where we place our stamp of approval, we're talking about those things that we have control over, not necessarily the things that pop into our Uh, space when we don't ask for it, like walking down a supermarket or like you said, at a ball game, uh, something flashes up on the screen or even watching a a really benign television show and the advertisements in between the show or something that we don't want to see or we don't want to be a part of. So it starts with the things that we have control over. So what we watch, what we listen to, we want to be very prayerful and careful what we put into our minds, into our hearts. And for the things that we control, it's much easier to say no before it ever begins. And then for those things that that we don't have much control over, if something does pop up, we avert our eyes or we quickly turn it off and we don't entertain the evil that's been dangled before us. We resist and we refuse the temptation or like... Like the Bible says that we resist the devil and he'll flee from us. And we resist the temptation and it will flee from us. Uh, We have in our front room here a Blu-ray player that is made by a company called Clearplay. And this is something that we've used for almost all the years that we raised our kids. And it is a filtering system that most new movies use that take out all the things that you want taken out, language, um, any kind of nudity or any anything like that, you can filter out uh, of a movie and you don't have to see it. Now, it won't take a really bad movie and make it good, but it'll take mo- all of those borderline movies 
I remember even when the kids were young, one of the Shrek movies had all these innuendos in them, but we always watched it on clear play and didn't even know until one time we were on a plane and it was showing. That was back before when you saw the one movie, the whole plane saw the one movie. You didn't have your own personal uh, entertainment device. And then we saw some of these things. You go, what? This isn't a kid's movie? And and the reason we didn't see it was because of this clear play. So I'd encourage parents uh, to check into clear play and to see what's available these days. Uh, There's a filtering system and a machine to use, and it's been really good. So I know that as we navigate through dark times, the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us as we abide in Him and His Word abides in us. That is very helpful. Thanks again, Pastor Ed. Still looking for a stocking stuffer or a meaningful gift for that special someone in your life? I'd like to suggest our resource of the month, a book by Lee Strobel called The Case for Christmas. Taking the approach of a journalist, Lee Strobel searches out the true identity of the child in the manger. He consults experts on the Bible, archaeology, and messianic prophecy. We'll send it your way when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more. Please remember this radio ministry is made possible through your generous support. And as the year comes to an end, this would be a wonderful time to hear from you. And you can place a resource request when you call toll-free at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. We made it possible to donate online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. We'll get back into Romans tomorrow on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. We'll see you then. This is amazing. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.